What's going on, quitters? Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is January 7th, 2023. Whoa. First episode recorded of the new year. Um, hope you all had a great holiday season. I hope you guys made some resolutions. I hope you broke resolutions. I hope you reflected on your last year and you're proud of it. Uh, <laughs> but guys, we got a very special guest for you today. Today, I am joined by a very funny comedian, fresh back from the vet. No fleas, no claws. It's great. <laughs> Give it up right now for Molly Zalman. Hey, <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Oh what kind God. of what kind of pet you got? Because I know you <laughs> I have a little dog. She's this little Havanese um small dog, little rat. Um <laughs> her name is Appa. Um oh. she's about a year and a half old. What, um, what kind of dog are you sort of Havanese? She's like a Havanese, but huh. it, a lot of people say, Oh, is that a Shih Tzu? Okay. Um, kind of a similar vibe. Similar totally similar vibe. Yeah. You know what what I've recently realized I really like um Oh my god! I can't believe I'm blanking on the name Pekingese. Not, oh, Pekingese—they're so funny looking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like someone designed a dog like specifically specifically to look fucked. Yeah, um, but they're so cute. They're it's so like cute. it's like a Shih Tzu in a panini press. Yeah, like it's <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So Molly, uh, how long have you been doing stand up comedy? I've been doing stand up for about three years. I'd say three years. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So when when you were young, what did you do you come from like a family that listens to stand up or watches stand up or what was your first kind of comedy exposure? I think young? yeah, no for sure. I think the first one um that I ever had was probably um when my dad showed me Austin Powers when I was 4. Oh really? When you were 4? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, we would just watch it all the time. My yeah, dad yeah. was a huge super fan. Mm. So uh, we'd watch Animal House or, you know, SNL, uh, yeah, old, yeah. old tapings or um, just whatever he could get his hands on that he wanted to show me. Uh, and I was happy to receive it. So um, you were like you were like bred to be a comic. <laughs> you were like from birth <laughs> trained. <laughs> I don't know about that, but he, he was really like. He was such a fan about it, and it, it got me like so excited to mm. um, share that with him. Um, right, and it's such a, a fun thing to be excited about. Yeah, and like get into. So that's really cool. Yeah. So so you but you were watching a lot of like comedy stuff, like improv and like comedy movies at that time. Not not so much improv, but just um, just basically Sketch. like learning like watching movies, seeing how it's done. Mm. It was mostly like revolved around who my dad thought was funny. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. sometimes there would be like a random like Jeff Dunham thing in there. Yeah. Um or whatever. Classic. But classic Jeff. <laughs> but um no, like it was it was a ton of just like Chris Farley, um, mm. who I fell in love with. I think that was like my first like real love. Yeah, yeah. Um was there any, anyone that you didn't like that your dad really liked? Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Um yeah. I wonder Oh, there's, uh, 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 um, I think like, <laughs> I think over time my dad's taste got really like progressively more cheesier. So it was yeah, yeah, really yeah. like before he passed, he was really, really into Sebastian Maniscalco. Okay. Have Maniscalco. you heard of him? Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Maniscalco. Mm -hmm. My parents love him. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. if you're like 55, <laughs> Sebastian Maniscalco <laughs> is the coolest man on the planet. He's the best. <laughs> and he has this kind of vibe to him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's no, I for mean, sure. He's. One thing I really admire about him is just like how absolutely like how tight his like 
the performance aspect of the jokes are. You no, know, for sure. I I would never remember. I won't remember a single one of his jokes, but I you all you can just imagine the delivery of any joke in your head. No, right? of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he has that voice. That you you can probably take any one of your jokes at any given moment and just redo it as Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so clear. Yeah, it's like a theme for sure. So when you're growing up, when did you um did what do you remember like uh did you ever explore comedy yourself or was it something that you were just always doing with your dad? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it started with him. Like we'd go to movies all the time. And when I was little, my parents said like, oh, you know, maybe you should do stand up. Yeah, Cause yeah, I would yeah. just like talk. Yeah, of course. Making sure the mic is at a comfortable no, of course. place for you. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. This is great. Um, can you hear me? Okay. Or I guess we won't know. We won't know, but we, I'm assuming <laughs> it's all right. It'll be great. <laughs> Um, but they, when I was little, my parents were like, oh, like, what if you try, like, stand-up one time? Just, like, try it out. And I was like, no, like, I don't know. Like, what would I even say? Um, and I was, uh, when I was growing up, I, I really liked attention. And mm-hmm. I really liked being um, just, like, silly and weird. and Yeah, um, yeah. So annoying, of course, <laughs> at times. But um, <laughs> I think growing up, I, it was just kind of, like, developing um who I was and like mm-hmm. my personality based off of like what I thought was funny, which was usually just like really still silly, stupid stuff. Right. Are you, were, are, were you a theater kid? Would you have any other performance or was it all just like kind of comedy stuff? No, I, I did um, like mandatory plays we had to do in middle school. Mm. And then in high school, I liked doing um, the musicals as well, but yeah. I was not a theater kid in, a sense let's where make it that was clear like, right now. <laughs> let's make that really clear right now. I am not a theater kid, <laughs> but um, I, I would always be put in ensemble because okay. I can't sing or dance. Okay. Um, but I was a very, very good knife in Beauty and the Beast. Whoa, nice. I know my my sophomore year. So my sophomore year. I'm not into theater. Is ensemble just all the background characters? Yeah, that it's are like, just kind of yes. Literally, okay. do I literally did that the whole time. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I literally wave my hands in the air. Yeah, Ooh, as a knife. knife. Yeah, literally. Very door the explorer core. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so that's cool. So, uh, do you remember the first comedy thing that you like? either comedian or show or something that you found yourself out of your parent that's outside of your parents taste or have has your has your tastes always kind of lined up no definitely i think um like when my parents wanted to go to bed earlier we didn't watch snl as much anymore so i just kind of kept up with it mm. and then um just fi- i just based off of um the people there like um andy samberg like mm-hmm. you know lonely island yeah. figuring out what that was and i mean that was huge and in middle school. Yeah. Uh, so you can really get away from it. But then there was Nathan Fielder and then you discover an, a whole ocean of different, um, yeah. different comedy and different people. And, um, there was Amy Schumer. Um, I watched her sketch show a lot, which was great. Her sketch show actually ruled. No, it was, it was solid. I really remember solid. season one and two, I was like, all these sketches are absolute bangers. Yeah. Like- <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. And, um, my, uh, siblings also have great taste, so they show me the the weigh-ins and mm-hmm. um, just what was going on at the time. I I didn't really delve into it as much as I probably should have, mm-hmm. um, but I started studying a lot of um, stand up, just watching it for fun on my own, like right, watching right. old Carlin tapes or. Um, Richard Pryor trying to figure out like is this like high school college for yeah, you yeah yeah okay. yeah I was I was I was really into like I, all I wanted to be um, in high school was on SNL 
Mm. I don't know if you had that personality. No, I had that I, personality. But I was I uh, I never watched SNL. Yeah, I actually found Mad TV like nice. accidentally. So Mad TV Classic. was also I like didn't have cable, so I didn't have access to Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. But Mad TV was just like midnight on Saturday. I'm watching it on Fox, and yeah. That was the one. Then when people showed me SNL later, I was like, what is this fucking softy yeah. bullshit? You know? <laughs> no, for sure. <We're... laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but yeah, so you were like, you were like, I want to be on SNL. Yeah, no, I would like, I would wake up and have stress dreams about it. And it wasn't anything. No way. <laughs> I would wake up and I was like, what am I going to do for my audition? And it wasn't as if like, I was like great at like characters or anything or had like a, a path where I was like, oh, like this, this is how I'm going to do it. I was just like, no, I, ha- I have to do it. Um, wow. So I, I, I really went hard with it in high school, just, um, like eating as much of it as I could. Um, wow. So are you, are you doing any, any type of comedy performance at this time? Are you no, not, not in high anything? school. Okay. I wrote my first sketch in high school. Um, and I think it was, it was so bad in a way that, um, is shameful but you look at it and it's like, oh, somebody wrote this probably as like a Make-A-Wish. Like, mm. it's so bad. What was um, it? What was it? It was like, it was like Jerry Seinfeld and a Care Bear. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and some other third thing, they were walking through the woods and they got lost. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of it. It was so bad. It had no structure. There was no ending. Um, the dialogue was awful. I don't even. I I don't even think I could dig it up. But I. I like. You definitely can, and you're just like, I will never. I will no, never no, dig it's, it up. It's locked in a closet far away. Um, but yeah, I I didn't do much until I hit college. Okay, and that's when I really jumped right in. I so. love I love the stress dream thing because it's so wild. Like. I felt, I remember I was kind of just like, you know, like I'm I'm a huge nerd. I'm an engineer. I always felt like, man, I'm going to be like 18 and I won't have done any amazing thing. Like you look at all these scientists from history and stuff who discovered stuff before like they're 16 and just governing planets no, and shit. No, literally. And I'm like, ugh, what am I? I'm just a worm. <laughs> <laughs> but like a having stress worm. dreams about SNL is so funny and like starting like so early and being like I gotta be on SNL like that's like astronaut mindset no it just just, no it was it was like so ridiculous and like unprecedented and I I put it like all on Mm. myself for no reason um oh yeah where are you and I grew out of it (laughs) where are you from like what where'd you grow up I grew up in Connecticut okay Mm -hmm. word okay Mm -hmm. that I feel like uh I feel like for people on the East Coast, comedy as like a career or like a thing you can do seems like a more tangible. Totally. Option. Yeah. No, yeah. like um, it would be like one time my dad, my mom and I, we went to New York and we didn't see an SNL taping, mm-hmm. but we saw the like the museum kind of thing that's yeah. at 30 Rock. Uh, and that was like a wild experience. And at that point, like it seemed so far away, like it yeah. seemed so intangible, yeah. even though I was so close, like like a few hours away in Connecticut. Um, it just seemed like this is like a, a land of gods, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> Whoa. But so it's crazy to like be in, in the same yeah. city where it happens. It's, I remember when uh, Vanessa Jackson got, yes. got on, I was like, you mean someone that just like, hung it we, we're like we're friends she goes she would go to my open mic and, no, <laughs> and literally. she's just on snl now like you can just do that 
<laughs> and she's a banger too. And it's she's just, amazing. it's so cool. It's so cool. I mean, the, um, the opportunities, the opportunities are endless here. So, uh, college, yeah. where'd you go to college? I went to Emerson college in Boston. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it other than a couple other people I know went there. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a liberal arts school. Mm-hmm. Classic. Very original. Uh, <laughs> extremely gay school. Nice. Um, so, and I like, I'd come out when I was 16, but I didn't know any, you know, LGBT history or I didn't know myself or, or right, right, right. anything like that. So going into that environment was was so cool because it was so open and so um like so gay like in different <laughs> you could be you could be any type of gay that you wanted. And that was great. Um Whoa. yeah. That's that's really cool. Um yeah and I got to I got to learn a lot and um I, the I don't think it, Emerson is for everyone, but okay. it was um it was I think what I needed at the time. Mm. And it allowed me to like fail a lot and like be creative and, yeah. and try things out and, okay. and see what stuck. So know? what did what did you uh go to college for? What do you what did you study? <sighs> I studied comedy. I have a BFA in comedic arts. No fucking way. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, can you imagine? That's crazy. <laughs> you could just do that? You could just do that. <laughs> you, could, you could literally just do it. That's um, so cool. And I'm so incredibly jealous. No, it, it keeps me up at night. It does keep me up at night. Um, I, I had, um, yeah, it was just starting at the time. And uh, I was a VMA or a visual arts major um, in TV. But mm-hmm. like the thing about Emerson was that is that a lot of people go there and they already know what they want right they're like i'm gonna be an audio engineer for uh, Mm. a live studio audience or i'm gonna be um lighting design specifically for qvc or something yeah yeah, Uh, yeah. people just knew like around me and i never ever knew like what i really wanted wow How, Um, how did you deal with that because I, I, I came into college as someone who knew. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I, I was like, I got out of high school. I was like, I am going to become an electrical engineer. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm curious about. Yes. This is what I want to do. I want to go to college for this. And it, I never had to change. But I had lots of friends who had switched majors who were unsure. So, yeah. like, how did you kind of figure yourself out? In that yeah, situation? no, for sure. I, I had a teacher one time tell me that on average, um, like, a person in the U.S. will change their entire career seven times in their lifetime Whoa. which is insane that's a lot <laughs> that's because it's a lot um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's an average but uh i don't know i was stressed a lot of the time like i didn't i knew i wanted to go into entertainment but i didn't yeah. know specifically what i wanted to do and i didn't know what i was good at mm-hmm. um and i think fear held me back a lot of the time because right. i was like oh you know I'm probably not good at it anyway like maybe i shouldn't even try and mm. that got much easier um like as time went on to be like no that's so stupid do it anyway (laughs) yeah um creep you know yeah uh but yeah I I didn't know so I just I kind of just did um whatever I could so I did audio for a tv show for a while and Mm -hmm. and learned like a soundboard and I wrote and I tried to write and stuff like that even though I I hate writing really hate it but I do it okay (laughs) I do it what do you hate about writing it's you, awful. Do you just hate like, do you hate like sitting down with pen and paper and like actually hand like writing like the the physical process of doing it? Yeah. Or do you hate like just having thing having to like organize thoughts or like what 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 is it about it that you don't like? Well, for some people, I think writing is like easy and it like comes naturally. To me, that's not the case. Mm. So it's like, it's like, I think it's a beautiful process to like be yeah. able to write something. And like, I love that process and I do it. But in the middle of it, like 
nothing is working. None of it is good. Like, mm. like there's like a plot hole here, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, it's hard. Okay. It's hard to craft something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I've always found that I can't do uh, like, I'm not good at narrative structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I used to, in high school, I ran a Dungeons and Dragons game for like two years, right? Wow! And because I knew the rules, I was the game master, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm more someone who knows mechanical rules yeah. and who can create a cool vibe yeah. and like have some fun elements. Story? No way! No way! No way! You want a conflict and a resolution and like a wise old man? I can't. Not I on can't me. do it. Not on me. No, I think like I think like I'll be writing for like. Um, like I'll set a block for like an hour or so Mm -hmm. and then I'll be like, okay, like I wrote, um, and like maybe in the middle I'm like, oh, okay, for sure. And then at the end, like maybe like at the end of the day or the next day I read it over, I'm like, are you nuts? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that process, so it's like the frustrating process of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But That's it's, fair. yeah. Do you, do you, when you, uh, is that just specifically for like TV type writing or comedy writing or just all of it? I think like TV type writing. Okay. And then I think sketches are fun, like to write as an exercise. Mm. Um, I'm trying this thing where I write a sketch a day. Whoa, nice. Um, for the whole year. Hell yeah. Um, How many days? Is it seven days or is it longer? It's seven. seven. It's seven. Okay. And then I have to, um, and then if I like miss a day, I have to make it up on another mm. day. Ooh, I like that. For fun. Because I do, I'm, I'm getting into the daily stuff mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for a couple months. So I write comedy every day, Duolingo every day. I try to draw a picture every day. And, but that one's like less priority if it doesn't happen. It's yes. fine. Uh-huh. And then uh, I if, love that. if I also have time, if I'm in front of my computer, I'll do like daily math problems as well. Yeah, that's like, awesome. To like, you know. Yeah, work your brain, like yeah. uh, get into it. And I think having a routine is so important for me to like stay on top of stuff I want to keep track yes. of. And um, like if I have a goal in mind or, or something. Um, so c- the consistency of it is great. Mm-hmm. Can, and, you know, you get to write even if it's yeah. not awesome or it doesn't make sense. Like you're putting, you know, your hands yeah. to the keys and, and it's putting in that hour. Like writing stuff that's just like whatever. It's like kind of liberating after a while because yeah. like. If you start, you're like day one and you write something that's like not that good. You're like, oh, I got to write something good. Yeah. But like when you're in day like 50 and yeah. something's not that great, you're like, eh, whatever. Yep. Come up with something better later. No, 100%. Yeah. And I think the more, no, that's such a good point. The more you do it, like mm-hmm. the more, and I think that it works for stand up too, is yes. the more you do it, um, like say I bomb, um, but I only do it like once or twice a week, like um, it's, that's gonna hurt me yes. to my core. Yep. But if I'm doing, if I'm, if I'm going up a lot a week, if I'm going to mics and I and I do it consistently, like I bomb and I'm like, all right, on to the next. Yep. You know. Um, I remember like having like tears of that feeling when I, you first start stand up, you bomb at an open mic and at first you're like, oh, it's yeah. so hard. And mm-hmm. then you do so many open mics, you're like, whatever, I can bomb an open mic. Then you start getting booked and then you bomb your first show and you're Boom. like. I'm gonna kill myself. Yep, literally. <laughs> and no. then you do enough shows, and you bomb a show, and you're like, "Oh man, that sucks, but it's fine." Which for the next one. And now yeah. I'm going through the thing where uh, if I bomb at a roast battle, uh-huh. it's like even worse yeah. because because <laughs> I know I'm not gonna do another roast for like two or three yeah. months. Sometimes, so yep. I'm like, I I want to redeem myself. Right. No, it's been so long. <laughs> I've cried. I've never done a roast. Oh my gosh, they're I love them. Some people, it's. For me, it's all in good fun, but yeah. I'm realizing I can't, I'm sometimes I'm not mean enough yeah. because of that because I like to keep it light and silly and such like, a nice guy. Yeah, uh, but I love rose battles. It's just fun. It's 
uh, I had Dan Yang was on the podcast a while back. Oh, that's he said, awesome. He said uh, he doesn't like roast because a roast is like, it's like comedy, but with homework. Yeah. Yeah, literally, you have an assignment. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, time to write like 10 jokes about this person yeah. and then talk to everyone I know and figure out which ones are okay and not, you know. But I think that also is like such a good exercise too, just to have like it's a topic nice. and be like, see, oh, see what I can craft out of this. Yeah. And that's, it's also fun to have really directed material. Yeah. Whereas like when we write material about our lives and stuff, or just whatever. It's kind of like all these ambiguous things that you pick from and like, oh, I'll like cobble these together. With a roast, you're like, this person's face is funny. No, for sure. <laughs> this person has weird bad hair. Yeah, no, it's, it's specific. <laughs> yeah. Rory Scovel has this, um, he's a comedian. He has this special, mm -hmm. of course, I forget what it's called, but he basically goes up um, several different times and completely improvises an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things like he said in in the doc or it's kind of like a documentary actually in this documentary that he made for it was you can take a topic and just attack every angle you can think of yeah and like exercise doing that until mm. you've exhausted sorry okay. you've exhausted like all possible mm -hmm. routes which i think is really interesting but hard interesting that'd be like I'm imagining like imp 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 like improvising yeah. and doing that. Like as a writing exercise, I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like write down the paper, draw a little bop, thing, bop, 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 like yeah. write a bunch of stuff. But like in the moment, I feel like it's it would be so hard to just get all those little pieces. Oh my God, no, like, it's a muscle. Like you have to like, it's like, I think it's like crowd work or, or roasting or anything. Yeah. It's it's different muscles of the body of stand-up that yeah. we can experience. I feel like when, when I riff, I'm like... I'm riffing about this thing and then I connect it like, oh, this next thing is funny. This next thing. It's like it's like it's further from the original topic. Yeah. And if I get a callback at the end, I'm like, ah, oh, it paid off. No, 100 <laughs> percent. It's magic when that happens. It's, it's the best. It's the best. It's like, oh, my God, I can actually get a laugh on this thing that I thought was just crash and burn. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so you go to com you go to comedy college. Uh, <laughs> clown school. Clown school. You yep. go to clown school. Yeah. Uh, you when do you start performing some type of comedy at that point? Uh, so what, I, what is your first foray into being on stage? So I like I got to school and all of a sudden, like I'm around all these like really cool, hot, talented motherfuckers. Yeah. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can swear all you want. Motherfuckers. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I was blown away. And so I figured out I wanted to be in a comedy troupe so bad because I read the books. I was like, mm. I got to do a comedy troupe. You know, I read yeah. Tina Fey's book, Amy Poehler's You've book, been like Amy waiting Kay, for like, this moment. I've been, yeah, I waited for it. And I signed up for all the auditions. They have like a weekend where you can sign up and audition um, in different like studio spaces. Yeah. Um, for different troops. And so I did the improv troops. I did sketch. I think those are like the only two. Yeah. So, uh, so, I, so I, and there are a lot of them at Emerson. Oh, really? So I tried out for every one and I didn't get into any. Oh. And, it, and it hurt. Yeah. It broke me um, uh, or bruised or bruised. Um, but I, I was like, oh man, like, ah. Oh. How do I do it? And I think that was my first um, taste of like perseverance. Yeah. Um, and like sticking with it. And I didn't get into any in the fall. And then the spring came around uh, and I auditioned again. And I had a few really horrible auditions and then a few fine ones. Mm -hmm. And then there was a comedy troupe uh, who's at the time, at the time, their name was Police Geese. Okay. 
Uh, and they held their auditions a week after the mm. regular auditions, which I thought was weird. And so I didn't get into the comedy troupe set yeah. in the first week. And then on the second week, um, I auditioned for Police Geese. And I just went in and I was like, I'm not going to get this anyway. So yeah. I might as well just um, go in there and you know do something. Mm-hmm. And they gave me this sketch that I hated. Um, they gave me a few sketches that I, I really didn't want to read. And then the one that I ended up reading was, um, a sketch about a fart in an elevator. Okay. <laughs> um, and like, I don't like laugh at poop jokes much. It's, re- it's like one of the m- most lame thing about me. Mm, um, or like yeah, farts like, no, yeah, it's <laughs> awful. No, it's awful. But it's, it's my burden to carry. Um, <laughs> and I just went in and, and I did this sketch. Not necessarily well, but I just like, I think I had like a, I walked in and had a big voice and performed. Yeah, uh, and yeah. just kind of gave it my all. Because mm-hmm. um, it was freeing because I yeah. knew I wasn't going to get it. Um, and then f- for some reason they called me back and I got into the troupe. Uh, and that was my first experience of being in a community. Yeah, um, yeah, nice. And what changed it was like we were at like a table read, like mm-hmm. preparing for our next show, writing sketches. And I had a few sketches. Um, I took a class. I wanted to get better. So I took a class outside of school. Um uh, I forget what the name is. It was this like Boston Improv or okay. Improv Boston or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and so I took a sketch writing class there, um, <clears throat> uh, just to try to get better, like mm-hmm. f- figure out the structure and and what it was. And um, that really helped, I think, start me to mm. like write sketches that made actual sense and so had you, a sense of structure. At this time, you're very like sketch sketch minded yes no stand up is not anything i'm thinking about improv is too scary for me to even comprehend so sketch is like my gateway drug into actually doing it okay um and like that while while we were at the table read they were like oh like let's read your sketch and i was like why you want to read mine like Mm -hmm. um now and it's like yeah like (laughs) we're in a group Um, what was it you remember it I don't actually remember it. Mm. I don't think I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is disappointing. But do you remember if they picked it up or not? Or yeah, no, they they put it in the show. Nice. Um, which is funny. I don't remember, but uh, I I just couldn't believe like there was an opportunity to like do that. Like, oh, yeah. I'm actually doing that. Yeah. And like they were so kind and they opened that door. Um, Sick. Yeah. So were you a police goose for all of college after that? Yes, I was. Um, yeah, I stayed in it, and then I was like secretary of like the org, and then I became president for um, for two years until I left. Whoa! Yeah, the biggest goose on the block. The biggest goose on the block, nice. and it, it kind of worked out perfectly because when I was in when I was a sophomore, my dad passed, mm. and I like it was so hard for me to do like anything outside of school. Like yeah. it was just like um, too emotionally exhausting. So for a while in college, like all the orgs I was doing, I kind of put to the side and just focused on <clears throat> police geese. And that was like, yeah, I think that's when I first linked like comedy and grief and like mm. how therapeutic that was. And I just kind of put my all into the troop when I was dealing with that. OK. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you see, you mentioned you were in other orgs this time as well. Mm-hmm. Are are you just is it just sketch stuff or is it? No, it's or? not. It's not really comedy at all. Not comedy it at was, all. It was. um. 
I was like a script coordinator for a, like a show on um, EIV, which is more of like a home, not a home video, but um, like not live studio audience shows okay. at the school. So I, I did stuff like that, like mm-hmm. dabbled around. I just kind of bounced because I didn't know what yeah. I wanted. Um, right. And I didn't know, like, I should start looking for internships. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, like, what orgs can I kind of, you know. Go yeah, through? yeah. Try out some new stuff. Yeah, I founded a sorority. What? Whoa. Real random. <laughs> Why would I be in one? How did that go? Um, I think I think I was just, like, looking, like, for friends. No, what happened was I was, I was in love with a girl mm-hmm. who got into a sorority. And I didn't get into it. Um, but I didn't care about being in the sorority. I just wanted to like, yeah, be around her. Uh, and then they were like, some people were like, "Oh, we're making our own." And I was like, "Oh, okay, this this way, this <laughs> this, this way, she'll see I'm in one." You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane. Um, but yeah, that's the equivalent of uh, my my friend in comedy is getting booked at comedy clubs. I think I will start a bar show. Yes, literally. <laughs> <laughs> For so sure. you're, you're doing sketch mm-hmm. for college. That's like kind of the thing that you're kind of focusing on. Mm-hmm. When does the idea of do you do you ever try improv during that time? Or yes, you, I did. I've taken did? I've taken um, many. I've taken all of the intro courses at like I've taken the intro course at UCB and Groundlings mm. and at school and yeah, other yeah, places. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard for me to grasp, and I really? think part of it is I'm not like fully like vulnerable with myself or feel completely comfortable being vulnerable in that state interesting okay so i love doing it because it's like it helps me with that interesting so are you are you good at characters then i wouldn't say Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say i'm good at characters okay maybe i could be if like i invested more time into it okay so I would I would read like normally I'd read like oh like lack of vulnerability easier to perform in character type yeah correlation but so like what were you good at with improv and what was like challenging for you then challenging was like I just didn't know what to, I didn't know what to say mm. I didn't know how to move a scene forward in a way that was oh, like effective okay. and natural yeah so it'd be like um Mary can you please help me with the plumbing I'd be like. Uh, like I was so concerned about saying the wrong thing mm. that it would just completely inhibit any yeah. progress I would make. It was okay. I was just really focused on myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think like in improv you can't be. You have to be so focused on right. You know, you're a vessel in in a machine. Mm-hmm. Improv so. is kind of an embarrassing ego death in sort of ways. No, hundred percent. You st- someone steps out and you're like, all right, well, no one's stepping. I'll step out to be with them. And the scene they pitch, you're like. Boy, do I hate this yep. idea! <laughs> but I'm here for it. No, that's it. the funny thing is like I'll maybe like have an idea in my head. Like an audience member will say, um, "A brick," you know. I'll be like, "No, that's not what I was thinking." Um, <laughs> pick a different one. The hardest uh, part about improv is reading minds. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I I met. Um, I took UCB 101 when we mm-hmm. first got to the city. I met Alex Richards there and Jack Holmesley, if you know them. They I were, don't. Okay. Jack Holmes. Have you seen Matt and Jack? They do good characters as like a duo. No, I don't think uh, I have yet. They're fantastic, but you'll you'll bump into them at some point. I'll check them they out. They do the open mic from the 70s at Tiny Cupboard, if you've ever done that one. No, I haven't. Legendary mic. Excellent, yeah. excellent vibe. It's like Tuesdays. They have like a, they dress up like 70s TV hosts and they have these like back and forth bits and stuff. They're, I love that. They're really good. But when I, 
when I took improv, I was like, mm. people say that improv is good for stand up. It's like a good comedy muscle thing. So I'll try it. Yeah. And I'm okay with like doing scenes, but mm -hmm. the problem is I can only play myself. Yes. There is no, there is no other side of me. Yeah. I can do a funny accent, mm -hmm. but it's just me with an accent, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, for sure. I think like character building is such a useful skill. I definitely love to get more into it. Yeah. And yeah. I think like that totally, like <clears throat> some standups say that like acting classes, like I've really helped them. Like, yeah. Either with like finding their voice or, you know, how they present on stage or, you know, what their whole vibe is. So, yeah, I've been I've been wanting to do that sometime. So I really want to get, take a clowning class. I'm really into clown. right now. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Have you done any clown yet or just kind of watch stuff or? No, I've seen a ton of it when I left L.A. in March to move here. Mm hmm. There's a theater called The Elysian, okay. um, which if you go, you have to check out. Um and they do a lot of work in progress shows there and, you know, comedy stuff and um, just like things like you wouldn't really even think of. Mm -hmm. um, and they have they have clowning classes, but they also have a lot of clown performances. Mm. And it's like amazing to see people do what they do on stage because yeah. it's so scary. It's so vulnerable. Um, it's like the going back to the vessel thing it's like your body is like this vessel and like you're using it to like make people laugh like you have right. to strip all ego from it, yeah, yeah yeah which is so like <laughs> crazy i had uh so when i was in the ucb class mm -hmm. alex richards my good friend he took a clown class at the same time mm -hmm. and he was like dude you would hate clown class and i was like why he's like it's so he's like it's so brutal he's like brutal because the thing is like you'll like you'll go like he was saying that people will just go out on stage and just be the silliest, dumbest, do the most embarrassing thing ever. And the yeah. instructor will be like, I don't think you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. It's just total silence. Like yeah. the hardest bomb How of your you entire <laughs> life, you know? Accompanied by yeah. a comment. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it, crazy. It, I was, I went to a friend's giving and there was a bunch of people there that did a lot of clown. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because there's one of them was like, so like, what do you guys like? What would you define clown as? It's yeah. this whole philosophical debate. And I'm just like, yeah, what is this? What is this? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like stand up comedy mm -hmm. is like Reddit. Improv is like Instagram and com comedy is like the dark or clown is like the dark web. Yeah. Like it's just this like other universe where everyone's like, you're like, what is that? You're like, you don't know. You won't know until you're in it. In it you know? And then you're in it. And yeah, no, 100 <laughs> percent. So that's cool. So you're. Have you, uh, so you're going to take a clown class soon or is that just like on your mind? No, it's definitely on my mind. I definitely want to take a clown class. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so when does, uh, when does performing stand up enter your like comedy World, mind? Yeah. yeah. There was this, um, my mouth is so dry. I'm so sorry. Chug, 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 chug. Um, there was this opportunity to perform stand up at, the school with this alumni, Eddie Brill, he's a comedian and he is a working comedian. He tours around, mm -hmm. but he also does workshop classes and <clears throat> I don't know why I did it. Maybe because like, I just like thought like, why not try, which mm -hmm. is awesome. I'm really happy that I did. Um, and so I, I did, I went to the workshop, um, and I went up and I did okay. Yeah. Um, and he was so sweet. Uh, and he like talked through the jokes. He would like come up on stage and be like, oh, you see how you're sitting? Or do mm -hmm. you see how you're standing? 
it was so technical and like there was such an art about it. Yeah. That it was so like as he was talking, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like it seems more tangible. Right. I feel like when you get started, stand up is such a scary thing because like you have, you know, like what's your voice? Like what are you going to talk about? Like how are you going to talk about it? Yeah. How are you going to deliver it? What are you like up there? Um, how do you interact with people? There are so many different factors. Yes. And it's like it feels so overwhelming, like a scary monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but breaking it down in a way that was kind and um, like kind of like creative in that way. Like, mm-hmm. no, like this isn't bad. Like, yeah here's where you can take it that's really cool that really opened me up and then i did that and i spent a weekend in new york to visit my cousin Mm -hmm. and in his apartment i wrote my first real set to do at an open mic that was at school okay it was called inside joke Mm -hmm. that was like the the school there was only one mic and it was there um and so i did it and i killed i did so well i did so well and then every time after that I ate shit. Hell yeah. Hell bomb, yeah. Bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> um, but there was something about it where I was like, I don't I don't think in my head I was like, oh, I'm good at this. I should keep doing it. It was just like, wow, I really like doing this. Like, yeah. what could I what could I do with this? Um, and then I wasn't taking it really seriously. Mm-hmm. And I bounced around a few mics in Boston, um, like towards the end of the summer in 20... 20- 18 Mm -hmm. and that's when i moved to la nice Mm -hmm. how long were you in la for i was in la for about three years two three years Mm -hmm. nice so did you when you went to la did you start like actually hitting stand up like seriously or yeah i did i was i went um to there was this program or there is this program called emerson la okay and it's a satellite campus okay that they have so you can go and finish out your credits and do an Mm -hmm. internship and my internship was at the Groundlings. So oh, wow. I, yeah, nice. which was super, super cool. Yeah. Not helpful in any way for like, like a, like a working, like entertainment career. Yeah. I think, but, but that's I got to in comedy be there. for you. Yeah, yeah. No, I was using my degree. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was, I was there and it was so awesome. Like I was floored that I could even be there. It was such right, a right. huge deal for me mm-hmm. because I didn't know like someone like me just like I didn't think like I could like ever be in that space it was all just kind of a dream yeah and so existing and being an intern and seeing how like shows are run or like you know Mindy Sterling or just like seeing Jerry Trainer, just seeing you know for my car like random people like yeah (laughs) that would just like walk in and out um was shocking to me I loved it I got they let me say in the back and like watch shows for free cool um and I just learned and uh, tried to absorb like what was going on, what the process of like the groundlings mm-hmm. was. It was not something that I was interested in pursuing because it's so intense and it's so such a long process right? to be there, which isn't to say it isn't amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just knew that it wasn't going to be for me. So right. to be there in a space where I didn't feel a pressure to be like, oh, I have to, you know, yeah, yeah. get in on this. You just chill. I could just, you know, really take from it. And I did. Cool. Yeah. So... You said inter- internship was that like a whole year you were doing that? No, it was only it was only summer? for yeah, it was it was only for a semester. Okay. Um and are you are you then hitting the LA open mics around the Yeah, time? and that's and that's when I got really into it. Okay. Mhm. What what the hell is going on with LA open mics? I feel like every <laughs> time a New York comic goes to LA, they yeah. come back and they're like 
everybody in LA fucking sucks. No, their open mics are terrible. Stay here. <laughs> no, for sure. So I think <clears throat> pre-pandemic, okay. Um, LA had a lot of um spaces. Yeah. Uh like community spaces. You could have a mic in a library or a bar, really similar to how it is here. Mm-hmm. Um free, like maybe it was in the back of a gas station or like in there was just one time where I saw one in a moving truck. Whoa, nice. That's sick. Um, but th- they were they weren't as many as there were here, but they were in spaces where um, you know, you didn't have to pay five dollars for five minutes, which is very the culture right. out in LA. So if you go now um and you hit a mic, a lot of them are paid. Some of them yeah. are paid here, like you get a drink from a bar. Yeah. Or something and support the bar, which is awesome. Or maybe like you have a mic at a club and they require you to you run a mic at a club and they require you to pay. But there it's very much like pay to play. Yeah. And how they do it a lot of the time is they group it in like blocks of 10. So it'll be like 10 comedians an hour or like however they fill that five minutes mm-hmm. or the 60 minutes with the five. Increments. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very strict in the sense that you can't leave early. You have to be there the whole time. Um, or you get banned. Nice. I and that's like a that. lot of them. That's <laughs> a lot of them. And in those spaces, it's like there's only like 10 people. Yeah. Right. And we know comics like no one's really thinking about your set when you're performing or, yeah. you know, like I think the culture we have here is that people pay attention. It's like we have a community mm-hmm. and like people we love in it, which is the best. Um, <laughs> but in those spaces, it can be the best. Yeah. But in those spaces where it's very structured like that and like no one wants to be trapped in there for an hour. Like you're going to bomb. It's hard to be in those spaces and do well. I will say here when I'm at a mic where there's like tons of people I know and I want to pay attention to their sets and stuff. When there's someone I don't know, it's kind of a relief. I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna look at my phone for a little bit and just kind of tune out. No, No, for sure. For sure. Interesting. I, um, I, I kind of like the 10 person open mic. Yeah. It's like a, like one hour of time is like, great yeah to just do it and be done and it's not like too much well that's the thing that. like you can literally like do that joke comics do and it's like yeah i went to five open mic earlier like you yeah. can do that yeah you can um but it's like how productive is it right i also feel like uh one thing that i've heard a lot about la is a lot of the comedians a lot of the open micers are different types of actors or performers yeah. who are just doing comedy as like a just to try it out thing. yeah no, for sure. I think that it, a lot of actors um, or influencers will like supplement their career doing mm. stand up. I think there's a lot more of that out there yeah. than there is here. I think <clears throat> more people here are like really stand up heavy. Yeah. Like, oh, I just want to do stand up or oh, I want to do stand up and, mm. and write, but I do stand up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, okay. I think that's I think that's totally it. OK. Mm-hmm. I feel like. uh the the doing stand up to do stand up to do stand up thing is like crazy personally. Say <laughs> like like just doing stand up just do doing stand up. Like I feel like there's when we when we hear like these about like you know like these big comedians we hear their coming up stories are like oh I just like like breathe stand up yeah for just ten years straight yeah. I don't get it. I'm like, you don't want to do other comedy like projects, other yeah. side things. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. No, definitely, definitely. It, so I, I understand people doing other stuff, but um, I talked about this with Danielle Valuti yesterday in her podcast. 
I feel like I'll, I have lots of other stuff, other side projects I like to do. Yeah. But comedy, it's not even about having a comedy career or making money from stand-up or anything. But stand-up is the thing that's like looming over me that I will always want to be better at yeah. and like get good at. For sure. Just for me, if anything. Yeah, you know? no, of course, of course. <laughs> and that's and that's beautiful. Like in a way you can, stand-up can mean different things to different people and, and how we intake it is special. Yeah. 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 So, L.A., is it actually impossible to hit multiple open mics if they're far apart? Is traffic really that bad? I never I mean, traffic is bad everywhere, I feel like. But L.A., I never there was never a day where I was like, oh, the traffic is just awful and mm. I can't handle it anymore. Um, OK, it's just traffic. Um, So I would try to hit like. um, Like, I think the most like open. The most open mics I were I was able to hit like there I think in a week like I did like eight or nine okay um which it's, is like still a good number it's a lot well yeah which is still a good number um but no the driving time you know takes it yeah. rather than like if I'm doing Molly's late make on Thursdays at Pete's Candy Store at five p.m. Uh, <laughs> and then I want to hit Waho at Fiction Bar at seven p.m. on Thursdays um I can just like hop over I yeah. can just walk it's like really twenty quick. minutes yeah. Okay. Uh, what so the your... accessibility of it is stark. For it's sure. so much better. Dude, yeah. I can't, I do not want to ever own a car again. No. Like living in New York, I'm like, this is the best. Well, I feel like, I feel like, like uh, as the years go on owning a car, it'll just kind of look like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. emissions. <laughs> You're going to do that. You're going to do that. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. We need to. I'm like, I'm just like a transit nerd. I'm yeah. Like, we need trains everywhere. We well, you're an engineer. Do yeah. You, do you work? No. No. I'm an electrical engineer. I just, but if I didn't do electrical engineering, I would have been a civil engineer, I think. I would have been all about that city planning. That's really cool. But uh, LA, you moved to LA. Yep. How long is it before you booked on your first show? Um, It took a while. It took a really long time because. Maybe it wasn't like accessible or mm -hmm. um, I just didn't know how to do it. Like I would I wasn't confident for yeah. a while and I didn't I wouldn't call myself a comic to people because I thought it was just such a highly regarded like right. thing to be that I didn't earn it. Yeah, I didn't deserve it. I used um, to say I'm uh, I'm doing stand up. I, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a comedian. Like I'm, I'm trying stand up. Yeah, for sure. Up. For sure. <laughs> um, and I, I think there's, you know, power in like being able to call yourself a comic. Yeah. And now I do, but at the time, like, I just couldn't. And I didn't know the networking aspect of it. Right. Um, and how important that was to, like, literally just meet people. Yeah. Like, after a mic, I'd just go home. Mm. And I think, like, there are some spaces where that was the vibe. Like, yeah, everyone goes home, like, right after. No one really talks. But I wish I had known, like, to go to more shows, like, yeah. watch more shows. Like, That's something I go didn't with understand. someone, like hang out like mm -hmm. you know see like who people are um yeah. like um you know like lend like a conversation to someone yeah um like meet someone new i when i start out i was like people would be like yeah just go hang out at shows and i was like you mean just like brown nose until someone books me i was like no i'm not gonna do that yeah like yeah, i'll yeah. be honest i'll go to a show and i'm booked on a show <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and like i didn't yeah. even like like being on a show was a concept like I couldn't even wrap my head around because a show yeah. in my mind was huge. Any show, someone asking me to be on their show, yeah, insane. Big I feel like deal. that's still insane yeah. to like hear. Um, but it's like I I didn't know. Like I yeah. just like 
I didn't know and I didn't know I had to like know. But I had friends that were like mm-hmm. starting to do that and like getting booked. And I was like, oh, like maybe they're doing something there, you know. But it wasn't. So I got booked on my first show um, in like 2019 sometime. Mm-hmm. 2019 sometime. Um, yeah. How'd it go? I don't even remember don't what the remember? first one Whoa. was. I don't even remember what the first one was. I think I was so just so nervous. I feel like though, like that first show for so many people is such a monumental like moment. No, it is like that. It's like <laughs> people get up and just like bomb. Yep, yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I did, and I, mm. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't like looking back at the jokes I had like at that time. I was like, who is booking me on a show? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> but. Um, but no, it was it once like I got booked on a show. I was like, oh, this is like this is more possible, and a lot of yeah. it is just like meeting people and like being in a space, like luck, like yeah. being in a right space, right time. Yes, um, which is like kind of like the, a frustrating part of it, but like also like such a magical part of it too. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the networking. It was so like New York City pre-pandemic. I really struggled with networking too. But I didn't realize like now I I think for networking at just like the open mic level, right? I think there's a difference between open mics and like destination mics is what yeah. I call them. Like there are open mics you go to, everyone does their time and kind of fucks off. Yeah. Destination mics are mics that you know it's like, oh, people are going to this mic for a hang. And that's yeah. the one you want to go to that one. Right. And I didn't know like I didn't know um I didn't know anything. I didn't know what mics were good. I was just throwing stuff on the wall and seeing what stuck yeah um and i love that i got to do that because like I, yeah. I got to like figure it out and i'm 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 i wish like of course someone would have been like oh no this is this is what you do because of course we would all love to know oh what's the next step how yeah. do you do this um but learning <laughs> it on my own i think was was good because it um helped me build a muscle to like mm-hmm. um just keep going even though right. you have no you have no idea how to get there just yeah. keep doing it I used to joke that like I need a therapist who's made it in comedy so they know what I'm going through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not like, did did you start your own show out there at any point? No, or, I didn't. No? That was something that I mean, being on a show was nuts to me. And then having my own show was something that I couldn't even conceptualize. Yeah. So no way. Um but I I just did like a lot of open mics. Mm-hmm. Um and I just like tried to write my stuff and and get better at it and and see what worked and shows were just something that wasn't on my mind really at all yeah um i got to uh, i i messaged this comic ellery smith she's Mm -hmm. in la true for robot chicken um and she's just an all-around like kick-ass awesome comedian Uh, and she got coffee with me or um and she was willing to get coffee with me um when i moved to la and um she was really kind and and helpful and um just being someone i could talk to like about it because i didn't have many friends who did it either right um so i was just trying to figure out like oh who is doing this like Mm -hmm. how are they doing it like yeah yeah so it was very like oh like I'm studying. Take notes on all of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's why I did Mo, but I did not have a shot there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh last LA question before we get to New York. What what neighborhood what neighborhood are people in in LA? I feel like one of the things about like LA as a destination is everyone's just like it's fucking massive. So where do you it's go? It's huge. It's so spread out. Yeah. Um so it's like there 
you can like go to a mic that's like two hours away. Yeah. Um, which is funny, but there, I lived in El Sereno, okay, California when I, I mean. LA when I first moved there, which is super east. Okay. It's very east. It's like not even like no one knows what El Sorino is. Okay. Um, and so I lived really, really far and didn't mm. know it until I moved to Silver Lake, which is a cool spot, which is like a hot spot. Um, if you look up Silver Lake on Google, I think they like describe it as like a hipster town, mm. which is so embarrassing. But um that when I moved there, I was like, oh, I'm kind of central to everything. Yeah. Um, okay. So Silver Lake. Is our is there Bushwick? I don't know in comparison okay. enough. I don't know enough about the bros here to like make a connection yet. Gotcha. Um, but I'm sure that's correct. You're figuring it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, what out. neighborhood do you live in now? I live in Williamsburg. Williamsburg, nice. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, for sure. I had a. Actually, I think Williamsburg and Silver Lake are kind of maybe Similar pair vibe. and pair, or maybe yeah. Okay. Cool. That's good. It's good to kind of contextualize that. Yeah, for, I guess. Maybe I got it super wrong. They'll let Maybe. us know in the comments. They'll let us know in the comments, for sure. Uh, okay, so why the move to New York? When did this kind of come around your head? Yeah, so, so like when the pandemic hit, like the biggest show like I got on was like a show with Joel Kim Booster. Okay. And then that was the day they shut everything down in LA. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't do, I did stand up weekly, like on zoom with a few friends that we would like get together i didn't yeah. do a zoom show or a zoom mic but i would just like get together and like write with friends and that's like how my i kept doing stand-up in that way but i didn't perform for a year right. and a half whoa i didn't really write for a year and a half and that was partially because la wasn't super open right 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 but also i was living with my mom in connecticut for a bit and mm. they don't have any open mics in killingworth right. connecticut yeah if there is, let me know in the comments. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I didn't have that access. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, I think the difference is New York, like kept going. Like oh, even there, like even the the, yeah, even though there was <laughs> like the restrictions and the lockdowns, like at New York, like kind of just like kept going, and then even grew. It, I feel like a ton. It ruled in it was a way. The best. <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine. I'd love to hear your experience about it. Uh, basically, um, coming into New the New York comedy scene pre-pandemic, mm -hmm. I was here about eight months. <clears throat> the The thing is that the comedy scene was made of people who all moved to New York and were trying to figure out a pre-existing machine in a mm -hmm. way, right? So you're all kind of just like jumbling around. Everyone's right. kind of f like figuring out their own path and whatever. When the pandemic hit, all the people who weren't diehard like evaporated Vanished, yeah so then it just you it kind of distilled it down like oh there's only like 300 comics of our level now yeah or something and like we know all of them and so we just like ended up everyone was doing like some like rooftop shows backyard shows all these like which really intimate fun things especially during the summer like it was just yeah. such a blast to just do a rooftop mic like drink beers with people yep. and no it's not like Oh, we can be one. We can be any at any of a hundred mics. It's like today is the day. There are two mics today, yep. and this is where you can be. And it it kind of made it made it simple. Mm -hmm. And also, you had really experienced comics doing really like low level show air quotes low level shows, yeah. right? So it kind of get this like blending where it's like okay. There's no comedy clubs for you guys to be at. So you have to mingle with us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And do what we do. So it was, it was really cool. And especially when uh, the tiny cupboard had their rooftop. Yeah. That 
was like the best. Like it was just crazy being up there and just seeing like I used to joke. It's like if you had a time lapse of the tiny, tiny covered rooftop in like one day, you'd see like every single comedian in the city at some point. Yeah. So it was just like really fun and really chill. And like outdoor comedy was just it was chaotic, but it was fun because it was like we got to know all the comedians mm-hmm. really well. And like honestly, hanging out in a basement mm-hmm. or hanging out on a rooftop with a view. Right. It's kind of obvious which ones were going to be more fun. No, so. <laughs> for sure. For sure. No, I got a taste of New York when I came out here to um, I got a gig working for this um, Swish visual artist. Okay. Um, I was here for like two months in the mm-hmm. summer of 2021. Okay. Uh, which is two years ago now. Yeah. Horrifying. Whoa. Wow. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, and I got to like experience and that that's when I first got back into like mm. performing is nice. when I came to New York. Um, and I, I just couldn't believe, um, how open it was in terms of like, and the, that's when the tiny cover was like really hot with the roof yeah. and stuff like that. And I was just amazed and that's what made me want to move. And the, the other thing is also the scene got so much more friendly. Yes. So much Oh, you more think so? So it wasn't as friendly before. Like some people, it was so, uh, there were people like, yeah, there's friendly aspects of it and stuff. But it was so tough to get your feet on the ground mm-hmm. and feel like like if you are if you're like trying to make friends, but you don't realize who's who and what's what. Yes. Those people that you're trying to like figure out, they're also trying to figure out where they are. Yeah. So no one had any grounding. And so it kind of became like, well, why would I help you? Like, I don't right. know who the fuck are you? Because I don't know who the fuck I am. Like, right. <laughs> but. It, it it's so nice and especially once like the vaccine came out and a whole wave of people started comedy or were coming back to comedy yeah. night and day everyone was so just night like starting comedy in 2021 new york city was like the perfect time to do it yeah for a lot of people because like everyone's just nice we're just grateful to be yeah. doing comedy you know? no no that's and that's the thing like i I wish like in the heart of the pandemic when, you know, I was mm-hmm. trapped in my room in the wintertime, like, and things were so scary. Like I would give anything to bomb, you know, which was so funny because it was like, we literally, so Lee and I, we mm-hmm. had a mic, wobbly ladder mic, which used to be a rooftop mic. Then I was remember a that. Mic. Mm-hmm. The first winter of the pandemic, there were not, nothing was open. So you couldn't go and stuff yep. like there was no indoor comedy. So it's still all outdoor comedy mm-hmm. still. We literally moved our mic from Fridays at 7 p.m. to Saturdays at 2 p.m. So we could do it during the daylight yeah. in our backyard in like a foot of snow. Yeah. <laughs> People were out there just like, <sighs> but we're doing comedy. That's so funny. I'd love to see that. That's so funny. Wanted, we just wanted it so bad. It was like, well, we're not going to not do comedy for two months. So no, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so you come to New York, you... What, what mics do you do when you're visiting? During that two month period, do you remember which mics you went to? Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, there wasn't that help, very helpful eye candy list um, yeah. <laughs> out at the time. So it was me trying, like, I did a, a few mics in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about Brooklyn mics. So I was like trying yeah. to see, and it was at a place called Cellar 77. I don't know if you remember that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah, you remember it. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's when I. That's that was my fr- the first time I did stand up again. Um, was at Teller seventy seven mm. in twenty twenty one. Um, brutal. Brutal. No, it was. It's um, it's, it's funny because I've interviewed a lot of comedians in the last three months who have said Cellar seventy seven was their starting point. Yeah. 
or was their first experience in New York comedy. I'm like, you just like, there's so much more fun <laughs> things. There's no, so better sure. things out there, but people just go there. Yeah, you know? no, I, I mean, I had no idea. So I was, I was, um, so I went to that mic and, um, I like dabbled around. That's when I started going to more shows. Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh, look at all these people. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first, um, the, when I performed, I met for the first time again, I met Maddie Peck and Caroline Cianci Mm -hmm. and they were so, so sweet. Um, and they were like, you know, doing mics too. And they were like, Oh yeah, we have a, we have a show last drop. Mm -hmm. And that was the the first like up show I saw back from, uh, like being out of it for a while. Yeah. And I was just blown away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, look at what these people are doing. That's so, so cool. Yeah. And they were like, oh, like Caroline was like, oh, like check out this mic, maybe better, et cetera. And that's, I would go to Tiny Cupboard too. I was, I'm trying to think of, of what else I did. Old Man Hustle. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Old Man Hustle. I literally, Grizzly I was, Pear. I was straight up like during like 2021, I was like, I will never I'm not doing Joey Bats. I'm not doing Old Man Hustle. I'm not going to Joey stand. Bats. I would go to, I went to oh Joey Bats God. twice and I missed it both times, like the sign up or something. So I just watched. I was like, I will never, ever be waiting on the sidewalk to perform at one of these mics. I can't do it. No, that's, well, that's like what I thought. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to do it. And that night I was going to do it when I went to Joey Bats. I was going to do it the first time back into it and I was like late and I couldn't and I was so 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 nervous and I thought that's just like oh yeah this is like a great mic and this is how it's done here (laughs) and I was like this is it this is what I'm gonna do yep that's so funny and also like one thing also you mentioned meeting two people who run a show and they were like nice to you and all this stuff yeah I think this is this is clearly something you kind of experienced some way but coming to New York broke down the barriers uh, in like my mind of like what was possible to do as a comedian. Like I like running a show, right? Yeah. Being on a show. Whoa. Whoa. Like it, when I started, I remember hosting a mic felt like, whoa, you're whoa. a mic host. Yeah. Like, and then when I came here, it was just like, oh, you can just start a thing. You, you can, can start literally you just do it. And I didn't, I didn't, that wasn't a vibe that yeah. existed around me mm-hmm. before, um, like the pandemic, like yeah. it just didn't. And like all of a sudden there was just a boom. Yeah. And like there are a million shows here and like um, a lot of them are awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of mics here. A lot of them are awesome. Like mm-hmm. it's, there's just so much opportunity to like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in Pine Box or oh, I'm going to like efficiency later like whatever like it's just and they're all cool like everyone has like a specific thing they do like if it's like simp fest or Mm -hmm. you know like they have a a very specific like tone with their show and how they run it and um it's just cool what you can do and that was something i never thought was possible yeah it's the best i (laughs) i remember so late 2020 I, I was like, at a certain point, there was more shows than there were open mics. It was like a weird thing because everyone realized at the same time, like, we, can, we can just all we can just start do it. shows. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, uh, what if I just want to go to a mic? No, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> For sure. It's so cool. And I think I'm like, I'm in the camp of everybody should have a show at some point. Like yeah. get a year into stand up and just start the show. And it's okay if it's terrible, but it's so good for your journey. No, it's it's so good for it. And I, I wish I had done it 
earlier mm-hmm. and been like, no, it doesn't matter. Like you, it doesn't matter that you don't know what you're doing. You'll figure it out. And yeah. that's okay. And it's okay to not know. And it's okay to fail really, yes. really hard. Um, <laughs> and when I started the show that I run called fatherless behavior mm-hmm. with Mike, mm-hmm. my buddy and co-host, um, like we were excited we we want to know like how to put a show together and so like our journey has just been figuring out how do we make a show that we would want to go to one and that our friends would want to go to two and like just make it yeah and like that's like such a cool thing to be able to like craft a show live performance is so exciting yeah and like half the time like you know maybe you not a lot of people show up or like you have a ton of tech issues um (laughs) like it's like insane and like everything's going wrong but at the end of the day it's like you threw something together like you're figuring it out like that's cool and it's okay to not oh yeah have a banger every time yeah you know i ran a two virgins with david dobbins Mm -hmm. for a full year that was a learning experience. Yeah. Just like weekly, weekly show, poorly attended most times. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> What's kind of funny about it too is like we used to we used to start the show with both of us, both of us like hosting, mm-hmm. and then we would do single host between the comics, yeah. right? Yeah. I am such a stickler about hosting. Yeah. That I like literally can't stand most like dual host like bits. Yep. And we just did it for a whole year and just never revised it. Yeah. We were just like, <laughs> let's just keep trying it. Let's just, yeah, sometimes let's just it like works. go in with yeah. no plan and keep repeating it. It's completely contrary to and all of my other thoughts yeah. about other people's shows. But for <laughs> us, it's surely it'll work. No, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> what is like, it? What do you think the biggest thing you learned from running a show like that was? <sighs> okay. So for, for us, I think there was, it was a special sauce of like poor conditions that mm. like kind of led to the, what, it, what it became. So like we started strong, we could bark a lot of audience in, but yeah. we started in August when a lot of people moved to the city. Right. Mm. And then when the, over the new year, it was just like a steady downturn until we had like two months straight where there was like three people in the audience were like, yeah. we have to call this. Yeah. But that show, one of the problems was to go to the show, you walk into the bar you don't see the show. You mm-hmm. have to go up the back staircase. Okay. You get to the top of the staircase. You look around. No show. You have to do a full 180 and look behind you. But, oh, that there's the room with the show. <laughs> so <laughs> so one of the things I learned is mm-hmm. uh, if you want to do a bar show, you should do it in such a way that when you walk into the bar, there's show. Yeah. You know, you want people who are on the street to look into that bar and be like, oh, should we drink? Oh, they're having a comedy show, yeah. you know? It's like that's just like a small thing uh two barking mm-hmm. uh barking by yourself as a man terrible terrible barking uh as two guys much better <laughs> much better yeah. barking as uh any number of people with a woman amazing yeah okay <laughs> don't bark at uh if you're a guy don't bark at groups of men because mm-hmm. groups of men don't want to see your comedy show and they all think they're funnier than you. Yep. So you're like, hey guys, we got a free comedy show. And they're like, oh, well, fuck you. Yep. <laughs> they just say the meanest thing that they yep. could think of. You want to bark at co-ed groups. Groups of women and co-ed groups are really good. Like groups of women are typically more like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can try it out. Yeah, let's yeah. have fun, whatever. Groups of guys and girls. What's kind of funny is you can tell on the faces that a lot of times the guys are like, do we? And then the girls would be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know? No, for sure. And because no one, no one in a co-ed group situation wants to be the person that's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. And then just like totally bomb. Totally. You know? Totally. So I don't know. We learned a lot about barking and location. We, we had Where did a, you have it? It was at Solace Bar in the East Village. Okay. So a lot of foot traffic, which was good for barking. But like I said, 
the bar itself, like kind of a Macy yeah. up there. Uh-huh. The pro of the bar was they didn't give a, they were like, yeah, they were cool. We liked the bartenders. They liked us. We didn't have any type of agreement where they needed ticket sales or anything like that. Yeah. It was just like, That's you, awesome. you keep drinks, we keep whatever we get donated. Yeah. Hands off. So that was good. But uh, also, there's no one thing that we were struggling with is there was we didn't have a gimmick. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was two virgins. We j- make like, Bible jokes and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But like there's as an audience member, there was not a reason to be there that made that show any more special than any other comedy show. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't started another show yet. I'm kind of taking a break. From no, it. totally. It's a lot but of work. There's so much. There's so many little aspects and like things you got to deal with. Yes, and there it's are. Like, mm-hmm. What did I want? I liked having a 10 minute spot yep. every week where I just go set up, do my 10 minutes, you know, try learn crowd work, which is the best thing about a bar show. Running yep. your own show, you yep. can get good at crowd work. Mm-hmm. And but all the other things like stressing about attendance, because I'm not worried about attendance for me. I'm worried about it for the other comics that I've booked. I've yes. asked no, you, of course. please come. Yes. We'd love to have mm-hmm. you. You come there. There's five people. And then we're like, no, 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 there's five people. But these are these these five people rule. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> you no, know? These, these ones are great. No, sure. They're sure. great. Like one time we just had a show where there was no, like literally there was one girl who came mm-hmm. and I don't know how she found the show. She sat right up in front. But she was the best audience member in the <laughs> paid attention to all the jokes, did all the crowd work and was just so happy to be there. Yeah. And she had such a good time. Yeah. She came to get falafel with us after the oh, show. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> so it worked out. But enough about me. So <laughs> More. Yeah, comedy show, like what have you learned? What, 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 what have been the challenges for you or what have things that you've changed about your show that have paid off for the better? No, for sure. I think like when we went in, we were spending so much money on it. Oh, yeah. We had our first show <laughs> at Fiction Bar in Brooklyn and they have um, they had a they have a really or they did when we did our show there. They had a really tight um like 400 minimum at the bar. Yeah. And we were like, sure. Um, we didn't make it at all. So we had to we had to pay the difference. Um, so we weren't thinking in terms of like slim- simplicity. We were just thinking like, how do we make this like um, as cool as we can yeah. without any of the bare bones on the bottom? Like, let's yeah. just like, m- let's just, you know, try it and like, not direct our energy mm-hmm. where we should have and where we should have directed our energy at the beginning was like um you know finding a space that we really enjoyed that was conducive to like yeah. a good setup cuz the energy in rooms like can be different um you know if you're in a big stadium it's going to feel different than a you know a little yeah. a little a little bar so going into it we we had n- no knowledge of what to do we were just like okay like we have a venue. Uh, well, uh, okay, now we have a date. And we were just yeah. like making like little to-dos. Um, but what was great is like we just had each other. So yeah. like no matter what, it was like, all right, we'll 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 get through it together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we learned a lot about um, uh, the timing of it, um, like how to like better host like mm-hmm. with each other on stage. Yeah. Uh, and just like not look at each other dumb and be like, what do we say now? Um, yeah. We came up with the rule that was um, when we were both on stage, the rule is if you think of something to say, 
just talk over the other person. Just go for it. Yep. Just like don't hold back. Don't be like, oh, I'm gonna wait till he's done with his bit. Just start into the just next do it. One. Just yeah. do it. Uh, no, I like that. I really like that because uh, it's immediate and it yeah. keeps the energy going for sure. But yeah, um, I think just like getting people in seats and figuring out like you know marketing on Instagram and yeah. and how to do all that and yeah, that. get it's people. The <laughs> it's the worst. It's so hard. You get people like excited about a show yeah. and then also like figure out what is the concept of the show that we want? Are we just doing a show to do a show or is mm -hmm. it like a real concept that we want to nail down and like right. build off of and grow? And do we have like a theme, you know, like could it be yeah. more than just what we're doing? Yeah. Uh, and I think investing more in like the little details and the heart of it was, yeah. was so much more helpful than mm. us being like, Oh, how do we, how do we get it at this venue? Right. You know, right, like, right. no, like you I take a step back. Like, yeah. Um, it'll, it'll, it's like, it's been such a cool learning experience to be like, oh, like, how do we grow this together? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like I used to think like a comedy show is like something like, like yeah, you you plan like you want a big do a, do it all right. Yeah. Now I kind of view it as like you're building like an engine, like a system yes. to create a good show on a regular timing. Like, let's get all these pieces lined up so that every time we want to have the show. Yeah. It's just easy that they can all just fall into place yes. and have it happen. You yeah. Know? And of course, and like you don't know in, in, until or like we didn't know until we did it. And then we kind of got a process forming like, OK, like I'll like go see like what comics are available. OK, cool. I'm going to reach out to a bar. OK, cool. I'm going to yeah. see um, what time we could get or um you know, what equipment we would need. Um, do we want to do anything between the comics? Like, have yeah. a little whatever. Uh, and that's been so cool and, mm -hmm. like, rewarding to, you know, just little baby steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i surprised that uh, you started at Fiction Bar and didn't meet the bar minimum because I feel like fic Fiction Bar is, yeah. like, the weird Brooklyn black magic of comedy yes. shows. Yeah. Like, anything that's there. Tons of people are there. Tons of people are there. <laughs> Tons of people are there. Um, and with our first show, like, we had a ton of my friends. They came and it was, like, they filled the seats. Right. And we were amazed. Um, but every everyone ate it. Everyone <laughs> ate it. It was so embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. Um, I ate it worse than I ever have. Ooh. Um, no, every, everyone, everyone, all the comics got off early. And it was just, like, the everyone performed so well it was yeah. just like the vibe of it all was like so weird whoa um and like we could we couldn't recover it oh my god i know <laughs> no but it was it was so funny because it was like it felt like such a awful failure at the time like oh what have i done like yeah how could i do this but i think like no like fuck that like um it's cool to be able to to do something like that because we learned so much from it yeah that's dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's still how long have you guys how long have you guys been doing that show for? We've been doing it for like I guess almost a year in, in May. Nice. Yeah. And Hell we have yeah. we have a show tonight. That's a monthly? It's a monthly, yeah. Dope. Mm-hmm. Go to it. <laughs> I'll see you there. Yeah. So, uh show aside, um, what's your writing process like? You hate writing. What's your writing? How do you how do you generate? I do your hate jokes? it. I think well, a lot of people. It's I love talking about the process mm -hmm. and like how people do it because it can be so different. Yeah. With me, um, it's so hard, specifically for stand up, to sit down and write something unless mm. I'm like free writing, um, and like I I'm taking things from there. Um, but if I have a joke and I'm trying to work on the wording of it, um, 
I'm much more of like an oral writer on stage. Okay, yeah. So yeah. when I'm doing it, I'll come in with an idea and be like, okay, what if you took it this direction? Yes. And see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and that's always worked better for me um, for some reason, mm -hmm. um, which is funny because like I never want to go up on stage and not know um, like what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think like at a core, <laughs> like that's very nerve wracking, but I've been trying to do it more where it's like, no, just go up there. Like, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. because I think with open mics you know you want to perform well so you can meet people and like they'll like your stuff and you know you can like advance and whatnot um but I think there's such a um a time also to like go up there and like you know take a risk and be yes. creative and a lot of the times like when I see that I'm like fuck why can't I do that yeah. like why can't I just go up there and do something like so it's okay. cool so, so when I go up like I try to like figure out like a joke yeah and I'll spend a lot of time on a joke rather than like editing it's it's so hard for me to to write it yeah because yeah. i think my my jokes are kind of tied with my mannerisms on stage yeah you're definitely and, <laughs> you're definitely a lot of mannerisms <laughs> a lot of mannerisms um so it's it's hard for me to figure out a joke just by the writing because yes. it's not the only aspect that goes yeah. into it does I, that make sense a hundred percent because i'm like right now i'm like since i'm writing every day i'm very much like writing things out mm -hmm. but I find that what I like to do is I write out the funny parts of the joke. I get the logical pieces and then it's all just like a blur between those pieces. Yeah. I'm just like, as long as I get connect point A, yes, point yes, yes, B, yes. 100%. it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But like, I'll figure out the in-between part yeah. on stage. Yeah, which is super cool. No, I, I yeah, totally the, agree with that. And when the pressure is on, when you're like, all right, I got beginning i got end. i got i have a punchline and i gotta get there when that pressure is on mm -hmm. sometimes it really pays off to yes like it does it yeah in that moment and so. that's the that's the cool thing about it it's exciting like um uh like getting up there and not knowing like what's going to come out of your mouth mm -hmm. and then sometimes you're up there and you're like oh this is how i can connect this yeah and that's super magic sometimes i get lucky and i'll write something and that's all i need to write for and i'll go on stage and it'll be maybe it won't be good but it'll mm. be like oh that's like something i can try out yeah um but a lot of the time it's just like how do i make this idea like work yeah or make any sense i love your joke about the city bikes <laughs> It's Thank so you. stupid, but it's yeah. it's wonderful. <laughs> just like when when at the last Dan Hathaway presents show that you, mm -hmm. when you were on that one, it was funny because when you go, you get the city bike and you hit a pothole, boom! boom. I don't know. It's so <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I laugh so hard and Lee was like dying laughing in the back. I'm like, this is the silliest shit ever. Like, how do you even write this? That's so <laughs> funny. I think it was that. I I've never done that since. That oh, was really? the, like, that was a one off thing. It was um, great, but I think like. My, my favorite part about performing jokes that like you know we have a rotation of jokes that like yeah. we know like have like what like an eight, 70 to like 90 percent success rate like yeah. you know when we do them we have that ammunition and doing those jokes because i've been doing a lot of them for a while mm -hmm. i know them so well that it's like I can take a minute to pause and be like, oh, can I just add something here? Yeah. Because yeah. I know it's going to come out of my mouth. It's not yeah. something that I'm like stressed and new about. Um, but I, I love I love when things are so silly and stupid. People, yeah. people he, like who do stand up are so, so smart. Like you see like the coolest joke writing structure, like mm -hmm. um, like Sabrina Wu or mm -hmm. someone who just like can like flow in and out of anything and like have something so 
structured but like so surprising at the same time yeah um and like some comics are soon uh like one two punch and like that's really cool too um and like i but i think what catches me off guard the most and like what makes me laugh is like just being silly yeah like (laughs) like and like sabrina was also silly like in the sense like when she's writing when they're writing their their stuff like Mm -hmm. they have that structure but there's also room to be like yeah. There's also room to be funny too, you know. I guess it makes sense. Like, uh, let's talk mannerisms. Have yeah. you like your your thing is the start telling the joke, pause, make a face. Like I noticed you do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well timed. Is that something you've always done in stand up? Is that or is that something you kind of developed over time? There's a there's a comic called Eli Leonard, okay. who's in LA, mm-hmm. and he's this like clown stand up guy, and he has this energy on stage because he has jokes and they kill but he also will just get up there and just wing it and mm-hmm. just be up there and like feel the energy off the room and I love studying that because it can just widen your awareness when you're there mm-hmm. like every show is different like every space is different and I think the more I take a pause and just like sit in something and like sit with the audience for a minute mm-hmm. I get a better understanding of like what their like flow is mm. and how I can um, like be patient with like I love um, it's so it's so scary to me and it's so hard but I love taking a pause and and just making a face or something yeah and taking a time that's a, silence is so scary but it's so powerful if you use it yeah okay interesting I like that you described it as scary because it seems like something you do very naturally oh like. that's very sweet no it's it's when I'm doing it it's like in my head it's like there's a timer and it's like it starts yes. and then a few seconds go by and it's like, okay, get back, get back, get back, get back. Yeah. We were literally talking about this right before you walked in the door upstairs. Yeah. It's like when I, I talked, to, I had Tina Sieben on the podcast and she mentioned that Killa. silence was one of the things that she is like just kind of good at and yeah. has been. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to implement it and it is so scary. It's so, it's so hard. It's, it is so scary. And what I noticed, especially for me, right, is like I have three podcasts, like I'm podcasting a lot. I kill dead air in podcasts, like just like it, like systematically. Yeah. Like I don't want the listeners to have like four seconds where we're both kind of just like lost in thought. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But for stand up, it's the opposite yeah. where I need to stop killing dead air and just let the dead air just like ride out and add a little bit of like visual something or just like dramatic pause, yeah. you know? No, for sure. It's tough. It is tough. It is tough. But I think it's 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 so helpful to sit in it. And that, that's why I think bombing is so no one wants to bomb, but I think it's so helpful in the yeah. sense that you can like experience that. Mm-hmm. I bombed that a 10 p.m. tiny cupboard uh last week. Nice. I did I did two jokes. They went really, really well. One of them was the city bike one. Nice. And then uh, I tanked it. I absolutely tanked it. Mm-hmm. Um but I felt good about it because I, I performed really well. I still performed and I didn't get shaken by it. Yeah. Which isn't something that happens to me a lot. Mm. I usually get shaken by a good bomb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that time I was like, oh, okay, like it's just silence. It was a room of four people also. Right. But it was just like, it's just <laughs> silence. Like it's not going to kill you. Figure mm. out how to use it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Those tiny covered 10 p.m. shows. Can't beat them. Very hit or miss. Yeah. Sometimes like amazing. Sometimes like, oof. No, no, for sure. And it's like, it's so night and day. Yeah. Which, which ones? Okay, cool. Um, what was the other thing I was going to ask you? I'm sorry. Don't be <laughs> totally sorry. Totally spaced. Uh, 
what was what, what's something that you wish you could go back and tell yourself younger you about mm-hmm. stand-up what's some advice you would give to you starting out um uh, it's okay to be bad mm. it's okay to be bad and like work it out yeah um and cut it with the ego um <laughs> like just get over it and keep going mm-hmm. and um and just meet people and like you know don't be afraid to go up to someone and, and compliment them on a set or like a joke yeah. that you liked or or talk to them about it like yeah. you're not um you're a human too like you can you can also do that mm-hmm. don't be scared yeah you you can do it that's good yeah. i i like that i like the um the the comedy cheat code for making friends mm-hmm. I, like i don't have to do this anymore but when i first started in new york it was just like you see someone set you like the joke you just go after and say i like this joke yeah like and then you guys are talking right Boom. no that's easy. the thing it's so easy and i think comics are so socially awkward or can be so socially awkward yeah. sometimes so meeting is <laughs> meeting is so tough but when you're in that space it just gets easier and easier yes. to to handle like yeah. the more i went um for sure and also i do i feel i think it's also nice to like I'm going to say adopt newer comics to to scenes yeah. like yeah, yeah. when people visit or they're brand new and like you can tell that they like are serious, yeah. but they're not really sure what's going on. I like to just tell those people like, OK, here's the mics you should go to. Yeah. Like yeah. this is what's happening. You'll have fun here and here and here. You were going to go to this place. You're not going to have a good time there. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, for sure. And I think moving here, like when I did in March, I, I knew a few people, but I wasn't like good friends with anyone. Mm-hmm. So it was just going to a bunch of mics that. I didn't enjoy or, or no, because I just didn't know like which so were the right ones old to go to. Yeah, 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 like grizzly pear, like grizzly eating pear, me alive. Yeah. And I, I just, I just didn't have the knowledge. But once like I started to meet people, they'd be like, "Oh, this is a mic I really like. Yeah. Oh, like this is they run this mic. They run a few mics here actually. Like here's where you can go after that. You mm-hmm. just yeah, it expands it. It's such a, it's such a find your tribe type of thing. Yeah, and like especially Brooklyn, like Brooklyn comedy is like a full-blown cult i feel like it's just like (laughs) everybody knows everybody there's like 150 people and you all gotta show face at these spots at least once a month every 48 hours (laughs) every 48 hours yeah i see the same people every 48 hours all the time yeah i used to say like when people would like leave our house like hanging out like okay well i guess i'll see you in like two hours a day something no i see them most um, i see you people like you like Mm -hmm. more so than i see best friends just because, yeah. like, they're either just <laughs> they're not comics. <laughs> they're, not, they're not comics. They're just always around, you know. Um, I had a we had a backyard party earlier this year, and our our neighbor who we're friends with, he came down, and he was like hanging out, and he was talking. He brought a friend. They were talking, you know, and they, he goes, "So, how many people here are comics?" And it's like sixty people or something. And yeah. I was like, "All of them." I was like. Yeah. There are you two, and I think two more people out there are not comics, yeah. and the rest of our comedians is like. What? Oh my God! Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's a horde. It's a horde, and then I don't know. It's it's also crazy to think about just how many people do this, which is, but this is also perceived as a thing that's like mystical and yes. unobtainable to yeah. so many. But uh-huh. there's also too many people. Doing yeah, it. no, of course, of course. <laughs> I was like, how does this work out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, when I started comedy, I was like, man. I'm like, this is going to be a special, unique thing. Like, I'm going to pursue comedy. Yeah. And then doing it later, I'm like, man, there are people, so many people doing this. Like, yeah. How do we all have the same idea? No, for sure. How? <laughs> what? Like, I just did that joke. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, we're, 
other people shouldn't be allowed to do this. It should be me. No, I should is, just have a nice, thing. clear. Sorry. Path. It should be yeah. me and a bunch of old guys who need to be replaced. Yeah. That's, it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Sorry. So what are your plans to get on SNL? How are you going to tackle that one? <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think like I have the same like drive to be on it that I did. Mm. Now I'm just like a, a, a fan for so, sure. So have your tastes changed? Are you are you like more in just stand up stand up or do you still want to do sketch and other things or? Like, yeah, no, I, I I love doing other things that aren't stand-up. Stand-up mm-hmm. is like my main girl, okay. for sure. Um, What's your number two? Hmm, um, well, it's like, it's like stand-up and then the number two is like, um, like I don't do the number two as much at all, but it's probably improv. Okay. Yeah. I, I do it like <laughs> once a week for an hour with a few friends. Okay, that's pretty good yeah. though. It's yeah, yeah. way more than I do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's like it gets the consistency of it like gets easier every time. I'm less nervous every time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's good to like push yourself in something that you're like very not comfortable with. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Nice. Cool. Uh, final question. Yes. Before we get out of here, it's been great having you on. I've loved it. Very cool. Getting to know you. What do you love about comedy? Um, there's a certain I, I've been thinking about it a lot because I've been just really enjoying my life here. And I think comedy is something that everyone experiences, right? Like it's like all around the world, but everyone has a different relationship to it. Mm -hmm. And the way that I use it as a tool to like cope with living Mm. is so important to me. Like being Mm -hmm. able to like, you know, um, you know, go to a mic after a breakup or, or something, which uh, horrible, but <laughs> <laughs> happens all the time. I'll do it over and over again. Who doesn't love when a comic gets on stage and goes, I just got dumped yeah, and no, everyone like, goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, there's like such a community aspect of comedy that I love mm-hmm. and something that's so potent here in this, in yeah. New York. Um, and so grateful for it. So that's what I love about it. The fact that you can like just have a community in it and no matter how you got to it or what your taste is or Mm -hmm. um what you want to do with it it's just like this like i don't know it's like this intangible community space yeah it's it's really coolest the the community is like i always think about what else has this what else what other thing can you get a community that's like this where you have people consistently meeting up yeah with each other at different spots to do this thing it's like I literally cannot think of another thing that would be as enjoyable as the comedy. Community. No, it's it's so it's so much fun just to be because um, like I think a lot of people will think about like, oh, like, you know, how do I get better? Like, how am I not here yet? Like, what do I yeah. have to do? But I think if you zoom like if you zoom in more mm-hmm. and not zoom out so much, it's like, no, day to day. This is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like, the best. You're doing it for real. You're doing like, it. Yeah, you're doing it every day. So that being said, listeners, if you listen to this and you have not started stand up comedy, you're thinking about doing uh don't okay unless <laughs> unless you're gonna book me leave all it. right leave okay i don't want to make new friends <laughs> but yeah i think uh also in new york we get a lot of us many people get insecure about their place in like the food chain in a way yeah. you know like oh how like do i have something worth it am i good blah, blah, blah all this shit you really think about it it's like dude you're doing comedy every day in some way yeah in the the number one place to do comedy like you are doing it you for are real. literally doing it yeah. for real You're and doing that's the dream and that, i think that's like always like good to remind like mm-hmm. myself for sure like yeah. no i get to do it every day like i'm living a dream yeah for sure and uh 
with the community aspect, it's like when you have friends and you have people who respect you and think you're funny yeah. and you respect them and think they're funny, it's like, we're all good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, 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 it's beautiful. Absolutely. It's awesome. All right, Molly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank this you so much for having me on. So fun. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, unfortunately, at Molly, M-O-L-L-Y underscore Z-A-L-M-A-N. Guys, go follow Molly on Instagram. <laughs> go to her comedy show. Go go be like, why is the vibe bad in here? Just kidding. <laughs> follow her Instagram. Come hang. Come hang. Uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Thank you.